Hi, Susan. Good to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to talk to you today. <laughs> so for everybody who doesn't know you, who doesn't know what you do, um, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I, I do two big things, uh, two different things. One is a marketing agency called Web Profits. Uh, I run the U.S. business. And then I also have Rep Ventures. Um, we own and operate about eight SaaS companies. So Mailshake, Walla Norbert, uh, Right Inbox, uh, many others. But uh, in total, about uh, 500,000 marketing and sales professionals use our companies on a daily basis. <laughs> That's a huge number. So um, before we talk about like marketing and email marketing and content marketing and stuff like that, um, could you also please tell us a little bit about your 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 own personal story, like how you grew up and where you came from and, and stuff like that? Yeah, so I grew up in Southern California, um, born in India. I came here as a baby. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, like I grew up just my dad's in tech. Uh, my mom's kind of a small business owner. And so really just grew up with a um, with a. You know, I, I always like technology. I mean, growing up without the internet, right, for the most of my life, and then the internet. So I always kind of was fascinated by technology, internet, and wanted to do uh, something in that space um, for a long time. I stumbled on SEO when I created my first e-commerce business, which failed miserably, but I figured out I was really good at SEO. So that's kind of how I got into marketing and, and digital marketing. <laughs> Great. So um, let's web profits so um how did you start the company and yeah just just share with us the story behind like uh, uh, your marketing agency yeah so actually um um web profits is my second agency first one was called single grain grew that um actually sold it in 2014 still around uh and swore off consulting and then um after taking a few years break i was like actually consulting isn't too bad um compared to other things you could do, I could do. And so, you know, really got back into consulting. Um, we built a, a, you know, over time, built a good uh, brand, personal brand, lead funnel. Like, you know, I, I got to know people. So a lot of people ping me for marketing help. Um, and for a while I said no. And over time I was like, okay, well, what if I just take on one? And that one turned into two and then that turned into 10. And so was, before you know it, I was building another marketing agency without really thinking about it while I was doing and building Mailshake, which is one of Ramp Ventures properties. Um, and so anyways, um, I, I, I didn't want to build the hard part of building an agency is hiring, building teams, scaling and all that stuff. And so instead of doing all that, I partnered with a company in Australia called Web Profits. And we we took their name in the U.S. And so I now run the U.S. business and, and, you know, own that. And then, you know, we've got globally a hundred person team around the Australia, Singapore and kind of everywhere else. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, um, Alex is, is one of the co-founders there. And so he and I have very similar kind of visions, uh, backgrounds, me mentality of like how we go about doing things. And so that's kind of um, where we came. And so. Now, all of a sudden, we had the bandwidth to take on more clients. And, and I, I met their team in person, and I really, you know, really love what they're doing and, and, and their skill set. So that's kind of how that came to be. 
<laughs> Great. So um, how did you get like all those requests like at the start of your career? Were you helping people on Facebook groups like a lot of people do or on LinkedIn? Or how did all those people like message you and, and reach out for help and stuff like that? Yeah. So, I mean, I, in my career, early in my career, there was no Facebook groups that didn't exist. There was that, <laughs> like, I think. Um, Old story, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, helping people, I think the ba basic principles of doing good business still stand the avenues the mediums you use to do so might change so you might do that on facebook group but ultimately building a personal brand helping people um building relationships with people sometimes just helping them for free and you know um and then letting them know building relationships really key i mean biggest biggest growth lever and, and channel for us at our agency is From day one to now, so 14 years, uh, our biggest and best leads come from referrals. And so we look at where, who do we need to build relationships with? Um, who can we help? How do we do that? And it's not from just marketing 100%. It, it also comes from just building relationships, helping people being out there and, and, and building reputation. So that's really the, the kind of where things come from. So um, basically, like the most important channel, I think, like most agencies are uh, referrals. And um, do you like actively do anything else besides getting referrals or like content marketing or SEO? Or yeah, we do all that. Yeah, we do content marketing. I, I wouldn't say the most volume is coming from referrals. The best leads come from referrals. Ah, got it. Yeah. Got it. So volume can come from many different places. So yeah, we do a lot of. Um, Content marketing, SEO, you know, constantly um, engaging in community, speaking engagements, uh, myself and many other leaders at the organization. So it's, there's, you know, I would say uh, over a dozen different ways we use to, to grow the business. <laughs> Got it. So um, would you like share with us like your most important insights while building a company or building an agency? Like, um, you run so many companies over the years and you have so many huge successes. So, um, please just share with us like your most important, like personal insights, why building a company from scratch and yep. Yeah. So I think the big thing is, um, you know, I think everyone's journey is different, right? Everything is, everyone's really different. I think the, the thing I've learned is to, um, to figure out what I want out of the company. What do I, what's my, you know, a lot of people build, focus on building startups. I think about end ups and meaning like, where does this company, where do I want to end up? What is my goal? Um, and then, um, and kind of working backwards. Now I think a marketing agency for marketing people is pretty, pretty much the easiest business to build because all you're doing is doing what you know how to do, but for multiple people. But, That's doing the business, not running the business. I think a lot of people fail to scale an agency um, because they don't really know what it takes to do a build a business and, and all that stuff. So I would, you know, just really get a mentor, learn uh, how to level up and keep leveling up, um, learn how to hire, fire, manage. I think there's a lot of business skill that you need to kind of build up. Um, and over time, I think, Figure out what you're, what you, what you want out of this. Um, I know this might be vague, but those are the things I think most people mess up. 
the like how to go higher and, and the specifics of all these things is pretty straightforward. Great advice. Yeah. So um, let's talk about scaling because you, you just picked up on, on, on scaling. Like, like what were your personal, like most important insights on scaling an agency and scaling a business? So um, yeah, how to do it, how not to do it. Just speak to that, please. Yeah. So I think when you scale an agency's profit margins go down, I think the um, quality can go down if you don't do it right. Um, so I think it's a matter of like scaling um, of scaling a presence, like scaling a agency is, is hard and, and every different level it, it there's varying amount of difficulty, whether you go from one yourself and you have five, 10 clients to going and hiring a few people and then kind of managing the profit margins, the paying, like it, it's all, it's all pretty difficult, but the difficulties are, are changed. So when you go from one to like maybe two or three employees or from like, five employees to 20 employees, very different, or 20 employees to a 50, uh, 50 to 100. It, it just all changes revenue, team, quality of work. So I think it's about um, what, again, going back to what kind of business do you want to build, right? Because um, top line revenue doesn't necessarily always mean the best profit. So if you want to build a, you know, a lifestyle business or what, whatever it is, You have to build around that. And I think it starts from kind of day one. The other thing is it's important to make sure you have um, your quality of work, QA and, and checks and balances in terms of how things are done um, happening. Important to hire people who can level up. Uh, marketing yeah. always changes. And so you don't want people who are just like can't, can't grow. And then over time, I would say my best advice is like when you're at 10 employees, start to think about a management team or person. Um, I, I've been, you know, my first company, I had 27 direct reports, um, too many people. Uh, I burned out. I had 27 direct reports and like 34, 30 to 40 clients. I can't manage that. So, um, you know, hire, hire folks that can help you manage parts of the business or maybe better managed clients. And lastly, the key to keeping clients happy is proper communication um, along the whole process. Because we all know that no matter what you do in marketing, it's not guaranteed to work. Even, <laughs> when, especially when you rely on Google and Facebook. To CEO, like, yeah. Yeah, everything takes time. But you, if you show that you've done all the right work, you can definitely, you know, or, or like you're working on things, things are moving forward, the client is up to date. I can't tell you how many times um, we get clients and they just, the previous company just did a bad job communicating. So yeah. communication is like huge, right? Very big, yeah. yeah. So um, could you like also speak please to to like, Maybe mistakes that people make or agency owners do or entrepreneurs do while scaling their company. And maybe you, you could uh, speak to the mistakes that most people aren't aware of. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, scaling too fast is, is a really, really big, uh, really, really big problem, in my opinion. Um, uh, because scale doesn't mean um, scale doesn't mean success. Right. I think it, it means scale. I had a friend who built a hundred million dollar company. Sounds like an awesome thing, right? 
Yeah. Except for he was losing uh, five to seven million dollars every year. From, yeah. So, you know, like when you look at a hundred million dollar company, awesome. When you're losing seven million dollars a year, it really freaking <laughs> sucks, right? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't sound good. So agencies, you know, I would say look at your look at your profit margins. Look at your look at your uh, cash flow. Make sure you you know. You're very firm on your contracts and firm on your like. Uh, I think the um, what is it called the the payment terms very very important that could easily get carried away, and and that you hire, um, you know you hire for skill set and 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 you train and 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 you train up people, and get yourself out of the day to day. Biggest thing is. If you personally are dealing with um, you as a founder are dealing with clients and and involved in in every little part of the deliverability, you don't have enough time and bandwidth to go run and grow the business. So a marketing agency, marketing is the service. That's the product. You still have the business. And most people I see, the biggest mistake is they keep focusing on doing the work. Right. And 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 don't get me wrong, that is very important. But most marketing people, if you're gonna run an agency, your value isn't you doing the work, it's you helping people get the work done and the right strategy. And so it's really all about that element of um uh, of of strategy that you can help with, and then the folks on the team who can help you um, execute on those things and maybe you need a client manager uh an account manager maybe you need a salesperson so like for example both um when i first at single grain my first company um my first agency we grew drastically because we we hired a salesperson and their close rate was double mine why did it double uh well my close rates higher but one thing i forgot to do is follow up with everybody as aggressive as the sales guy did so he simply doubled the 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 close rate and, and closed for more because he followed up and uh, he closed for more higher prices because he asked for more. I was a little nervous. I was like gun shy on that. And so yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think the um, you know it really came down to just like just uh, somebody with experience. Now my background's on the sales. It wasn't when I was you know, in, in 2009, 2010. Now I've done lots of sales since then, um, but still like hiring specific, hiring for specific skill sets and roles, very, very important. Like, I don't do sales at, at Web Profits because we've got a really good salesperson. So it's 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 not anything we, um, uh, I guess, um, it's not something we have to worry about. Great advice, great advice. So, um, because um, I got a lot of questions, uh, I think, like for, for young entrepreneurs in the early 20s, mid 20s, they want to start a, a business with like um, a low cost. So they try to build an agency or, or do something like social media marketing. Like with all your experience, with all those years working uh, and growing and building uh, your agency, um, how would you start an agency from scratch today if you had no money, no connections, no whatever? Just your, your current skill set, your mindset, and everything you know about growing and building an agency. So um, 
Yeah, um, please, could you just speak to that so maybe everyone in our audience is getting something practical? Yeah, um, it's starting from scratch. I would go build my, I'd go build my network. Like a lot of my leads um, in the beginning came from previous coworkers. Um, and so, yeah, pre, you know, go get a job. Like people think you're going to be, if you're in your 20s, you've got freaking 50 years to go work, right? Like <laughs> you're not going to make most of your money in your 20s, right? Like look at all these startups. Uber just IPO'd. A lot of people are getting rich. Most of them are not in their 20s. Some of them are in their 30s, right? And so think about how you can build your wealth, not just short-term profit or cash. Um, um, so I would say really focus on Really focus on building your network, building up how you're going to get leads. Uh, and, and maybe you have to take a job and do consulting on the side. That's how I started until I got enough leads and customers to really go on my own. Um, when you're starting off, it's you just got to put in the time. I think that's really what it comes down to. Build those connections. Do the work. You know, do work for free. I think, you know, I think you've had Neil on this podcast, right? You yeah. may have talked about his first couple clients. He did a lot of free work, right? Like we did work with Sony and Yahoo um, and they paid us crap. But the reason yeah. we did it is because we got one of their logos on our website. So now we've worked with Sony and Yahoo um, and I can use that forever. And over time we built up our prices. So I think, um, 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 yeah, I would, I would, um, I would make sure um, you do, do the work. So basically, if you had to get start from scratch, you would really focus on um, building your network, and um, you would get a job like uh, to 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 do this on the side, and you would really uh, double down on having a network and getting clients from your network, right? And then, uh, yeah, I mean that's the big thing is, and yeah. that's most of it. I think that that covers like seventy, eighty percent of what you actually need to do. So. Yeah, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a, I don't know, I don't think there's a lot of things to it. Um, I think it matter, it comes down to like uh, doing all the right things. So yeah, yeah. So um, let's let's talk about like running so many multiple companies because I know you have like so many software companies and stuff like that. So for everyone who's currently listening to this um you share how your day-to-day -day work looks like and how do you structure your day so you can get so much done and um, work on so many multiple businesses and yeah what would be your advice for everyone also who's trying to build like multiple companies at once and yeah just speak to that please um well first of all you know i think it's not for everybody um i wouldn't recommend building multiple companies it sounds very sexy yeah um <laughs> I think it's, it, it, you know, it is something I'm personally good at because I did so much work in the consulting and agency world and um, even organizations I worked at, I worked at agencies or companies that are matrix organizations where I managed marketing for multiple business units. So I just got good at being able to work and shift my brain from one to another to another um, And I kind of liked it when I was just working on one thing. It was kind of boring. 
And so, yeah, I, I think the it, it's it running multiple companies suits my skill set and my passion, like what, like kind of running different things. Um, it is stressful, right? I mean, just imagine if you run three companies and all of them have problems, just small problems. That, that doesn't sound too good, yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't, right? And like, let's just say you run three companies and all of them have a small problem. Each of them have a small problem once a month. It's just that, just imagine like, let's say each problem kind of makes your three days of your life kind of a little difficult, right? That means nine days out of 20, if each company has a problem, half your day, half your month, it's kind of shitty. That's horrible. Like who would want to do that? So I wouldn't say, I would say try to focus and not do that. Now, you know why we technically have multiple companies, but I have two, the agency. I've done this before. I know exactly what to do. Um, We have a really good team. And then I have my SaaS companies. I've done this before. I've got a really good team, and um, we we have ways and systems where I'm not in the business in every little part of it. Uh, and so when we have these problems, we've got you know smart developers and 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 marketing people to tackle these things and support people or whatever. So. Um, it, it came over time too. So I don't know. I think the, the thing is, um, don't aim to go build biz, like eight businesses, aim to go build wealth, aim to go do your passion. And if that's the way you end up kind of through, then that may make sense. Okay. So, um, let's talk a little bit about like systems because you've said you have systems or you have, uh, put like systems in place where you don't have to like work in the business like all the time like um how does like your systems in your marketing agency or in your SaaS businesses how do your systems look like and how do you structure your businesses so you don't have to work in the business all the time so um yeah just speak to that please uh it's it's just not applicable to the mass right so like it's just <laughs> too complicated um you know, it's we've got just the big picture, right? So yeah, yeah. So I think the the way is that we have got you know pretty good. Um, we've got my my partner and I tackle divide and conquer what we we're good at. So I do all the marketing, sales, um, and customer support, customer success, and and then he does all the development and operations and like finance stuff, and we meet in the middle on the product. Um, so I don't need to worry about the finance. So part of this is like, I don't worry about a lot of things. I do what I'm good at and I'm, I do what I'm great at and I like doing. Um, now, I, now we've got a customer support person. We've got a senior person above them. So a lot of that is kind of taken care of, you know, sales and customer success. Um, again, we've got systems like, like just a daily check-in, um, on Slack. We talk, you know, we communicate on Slack, but there's, everyone's kind of checking in, um, every single day so um uh like a daily report of like what how many sales happened what worked whatever so you know it, it kind of works out so i think the um i think that the, the, then on the marketing front we got we also have you know very sharp um marketing folks that we have a good strategy so i check in with everybody weekly i check in with every team um on a, on a weekly basis so that's kind of how i'm able to um how I'm able to really um, manage multiple companies is because like I'm checking in and I'm still doing the strategy work, 
that I don't think is anybody else can do or as easily as my skill set. But I'm not necessarily um, uh, in the weeds on every little thing. So yeah, that's kind of how I'm doing it. Um, and and again, like I'm I'm been very good at identifying um, people's ability to do certain things or when they need help and empower them to like, hey, do this on your own. But let's also when you do need help, run it by me. Let's talk. So I'm kind of like being there, but not also having making them like micromanaging. So like at that level where it kind of makes sense. Uh, for us, um, and, and who we've hired, yeah. And I've also <laughs> hired. I've always hired like more senior people. Um, and even though it might not be the, um, it might be a little bit more that we need. Um, it, it's it's been it's paying off because I I don't have to be in the weeds on everything. <laughs> so um, let's talk about like pricing because I think like. A lot of like uh, agency owners, they don't know how to like like how to properly um, um, price their, their their business and and their services. So, um, how would you advise to for everyone who's currently listening to this episode how they should like structure their prices and stuff like that? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Each business is different, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. not like that's the thing is like. I, you can't really, if I gave you like, oh, you should price this much, yeah. <laughs> $5,000 a month. I, I mean, it's all arbitrary. Like it, it's not applicable to everybody. So um, you have to figure out what you can charge if you're, an, if you're doing an agency. If you're SaaS, look at the industry, look at what, what people are willing to pay. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I would say um, it's always better to do less clients that may pay you more than it is, you know, hundred, five hundred or thousand dollar a month clients is just not 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 very possible. Yeah. yeah. Got it. So um let's talk a little bit about like your SaaS business and Mailshake. So um how what is the story behind like Mailshake and how did you build uh, Mailshake? Yeah, so um Built Mailshake originally called contentmarketer.io, and it was built initially as a marketing tool. And over time, uh, we found out more salespeople used it. And so we, um, yeah, we pretty much, um, we shifted over to like all sales. And um, and then we rebranded because, you know, people don't know what the heck uh, Mailshake what content marketer is if you are um, a salesperson. So uh, it made sense. We started in 2015 and, you know, still working on it. Um, we've got, we've, we've had over 24,000 customers. That, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty widely used product. Um, lots of our growth comes from content marketing, word of mouth. Um, you know, what I've learned is usability and UX is, is really key. I mean, you know, there's, uh, I think, 60 tools in the space. Um, that's a lot of competitors. And why do people use us? Because we're just simpler to use. And I can vote for that. I'm also a customer of Mailshake. Use it for like half a year. And nice. like, uh, it's simple to use. I, I love the design. So, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Great, great, great tool. So, um, like, 
tell us about like the best practices of email marketing. Like um, there are a lot of things to consider, but um, we have the expert on email marketing here on the podcast. So obviously we have to talk about like email marketing. So <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, Stick to so, that. so I would say it's, it's, uh, it's, um, it's not, my my background, I can I know how to send good outbound emails, so cold emails, and not necessarily email marketing. Very uh, a little different in in the terms of like what you would send. Like, you know, I think generally speaking, if you're gonna send an email, either either email email marketing or cold email, like plain text always beats rich HTML, lots of images, uh, very very like. Nine times out of ten, I've I've not seen any company do a test and where the the rich richer email works better. And the reason is um, the reason is um, deliverability is shot when you have too much HTML. It goes in the promotions tab, right? And so really important to really just focus on um, on on deliverability, getting the message across. Um, the other thing I would say is when you're sending a cold email. Focus on the value the person's gonna get. Focus on them. A lot of emails people start off by, hey, my name is blah, blah, blah. I'm from blah, blah, blah. And I would love it if you can do blah, blah, blah. Where the hell is the value in for me? Like, it doesn't really, you, you said <laughs> that, that email says nothing to what I'm gonna get. So uh, focus your emails on engagement. I think short, sweet, um, and and um, and to the point, really, really are the best kind of uh, emails. Uh, so yeah, I think the short to the point. I've got a whole like content piece, uh, lots of content on this, Mailshake.com/masterclass. But try to keep it three to five sentences. Start with the end user, the person you're sending an email to. Three to five sentences maximum. Okay. Yeah, clear call to action, meaning like you want someone to do what. Like, like, let's just say you and I, I went up to you on the street. I'm like, hey, hey, dude, uh, I want you, and I'm going to ask you to do something for me. You would ask it like, hey, can you help me with this? Or can you help me do this? Or can you watch my bag here? I'm in line. Yeah, right? got it. Like, you wouldn't say, hey, my name is Sujin. This is my <laughs> life story. I don't know. Um, I have a kid and I'm like, <laughs> so like, watch this bag, but like, I'll be back in five to 10 minutes and I'm just going to go over here in aisle 15 under the grocery store here. Like you would just say, Hey, you mind watching this for a second? I'll be back in two minutes. Yeah. Like, short, sweet. True. So read your emails out loud. It has to be something that like you can say out loud and it makes sense. If you cannot say it out loud, you either have a problem saying the whole thing properly erase and delete and rewrite the stuff and make it make it easy to flow off your mouth uh, off your tongue got it so um are there like any other things um before we talk about like like email marketing uh, but but let's stick with 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 like code email email outreach because i think like a lot of uh, people's email marketing or uh, sorry um code email so um could you please also speak a little bit more about like best practices for code email outreach yeah i mean th those are the things i was just talking about it's like it's it's all like it's all clear to, cl five to seven uh, three to five sentences you know clear call to action short subject lines i find questions in the subject line is really good it opens up kind of the conversation 
Um, and it's not about getting the sale, getting the win. It's about starting the conversation. Um, you're not going to get most of the time, you're not going to get the end result you want. You're going to get the conversation started. And so it's really about that front. Focus on just getting that conversation started. Um, everything else doesn't really matter. Got it. Um, do you have like a few examples for like subject lines for our listeners? Like um, you, you have so much data on, on your end, I guess. So um, what are like a few like uh, winning like uh, uh, subject lines? Maybe you have like three or five on your mind. Uh, I think best one I've seen is quick question. Um, <laughs> or quick it, question. It, it works or, like charm. That's the favorite yeah. line. <laughs> quick question about whatever so i think quick question is getting i also yeah. yeah stuff like that works really well under five words has significantly higher open rate than more than five words okay uh, i mean people use all sorts of subject lines um so it, it's it i haven't you know we've got a hundred over 100 million emails sent through our platform and it's really all over the place right i think the two things are um Quick question, any question using a question mark in the um, in the subject lines very helps the open rate. And then not using re or forward or like making it misleading, although that can be get you an open, it doesn't always get you a positive reply, right? So like people always think about open rates. I've got an email we did at one of my companies, Vala Norbert. You got 60% open rate, but only like five out of uh, maybe 700 emails op responded to me. Like, I don't care if everybody 100% open rate, but only five people responded. That means I only got five leads. So open rate is actually not the most important thing. It's the reply rate. And so with re and forward type misleading subject lines and open, um, you get a good like open rate, but like, you don't get a reply rate. So like, just imagine you get a lot of traffic to your site, but no one buys. What's the point? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And so unless you're a publication, we're like, that's a good thing. So it really comes down to just um, um, really focusing on the goal. And, it, and, and that comes down to like, where do you, um, where do you want to, um, I guess like, What do you want to get from this? And so when my emails, I usually want to either have a phone call or start a conversation, build a relationship, right? So um, it, it comes down to, um, uh, what is it called? Build, what, what, what do I need to say to build that relationship? It's not, it's, it's less about me trying to like get my thing and, and more about starting the conversation and so most of my emails are starting the conversation i ask them a question i ask them something small so low friction really really um really really helpful so i, I would do that um so so um like quick question uh, quick question about quick question for anything with a question mark um are there like fancy subject lines that also work or like um the simpler the better uh simpler the better in general, anything cold email, simpler the better. Okay, got it. So, um, like you, you, you talk about like um having like low friction and and do not having like huge ask at the start. So, um, like 
do you how how does your call to action look like or what would you recommend as a call to action for example like um i think like code emails are mostly used for b2b businesses right um mm. so could you please speak to that um yeah i think the so is the is is what i guess like what are you trying to get here um there's is because everybody can you know i think like there's different many different uses yeah i i think at the end of the day most people like want to get like shared through this right but yeah I, I know it's like impossible, I guess, or not impossible, but very hard to, to sell to somebody cold, like right off the bat. So like maybe get the conversation starting and um, say, say later at one point. Yeah. So I think it's about asking them what the problems are, right? So like if you're usually if you're selling something, there's a solution, right? There's usually a problem that they're facing when there is a solution. So I would think about what that problem is and getting somebody to talk about that um that's really the key um getting them to think about a better way um to do something so like not just the hey here's i see you have a problem with your accountant i've got a better solution for you no it's like hey look maybe it's social proof of like hey these companies similar to your companies have used my accounting software and they're getting better results you should want to learn more do you want to learn more that's a yes or no answer right got if they it say yes Love this. um then you're good if they say no you can send a follow-up because if they don't respond it's a no like hey i know you're busy um i just want to make sure you don't like most you know let's say you're selling the startups i don't i want to make sure you're not wasting too much time on this accounting thing our software can help you not think about it again that's another angle so they you're just when your follow-ups are different angles um, on, on, on the same thing of problem, your solution, and the benefit, right? So I think the thing is you tried the first one benefit, maybe there's another benefit, maybe there's an article, maybe there's a more proof, so stuff like that can work. So a good, uh, good call to action would be something like, um, are you interested? And not having like a huge and, and probably not asking for a phone call right away, just uh, try to get an, an answer, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, um, like, um, le because you, you've talked about like email sequences be or um, follow up. Like, how does the perfect like follow up look like? Like, um, yeah, just just speak to that. Um. So I think the perfect follow up is again maybe trying a different angle. It's also um, it's also um, short uh also value add you don't need to say hey i'm following up i'm just following up i wanted to follow up you just follow up you don't need to say those words hey i was thinking about you i read this article came across i think you'd like point number three like so being very specific uh and, and just continuing to follow up until you get the no right and say hey always a short sweet follow-up like hey i was reading this article i think uh i think this would be beneficial to you um, so the follow-ups don't have to be a, hey, did you get a chance to look at this? Hey, did you look at this? Do you want to talk? Do you want to talk? Do you want to talk? No, it should be different things. Like, hey, um, one should be that one I just said of like, here's an article at point number 13. Where I, it sounds like something you could benefit from. And then a week later, hey, um, not sure if you're interested, but there's, there's, there, there's this happening. 
in your area, right? Like, yes. So like you're trying to engage them in different ways. And so I think it's a, it's a, it's just what angle can you use? Or, and, and so like you have to think about each follow-up and the different angle you can use every time without saying, I want to follow up on my previous email because you are following up on your previous email and you can say, oh, PS, like if you want to talk about this stuff, like I'm around tomorrow, right? Something <laughs> like that. But that's not your anchor. Your anchor is like, hey, I was, um, um, I think this is a problem. Like, are you going through this problem? Like, so one, maybe one, quite, one email could just be like, hey, um, I noticed when I was talking to a lot of startups, they're going through blah, blah, blah that something you go through and that's not even about anything you're selling just a question like now it's a completely different way right yeah got it um great advice great advice i love this episode so um at the end i always ask like five personal questions um but um what would be your best advice at the end of this episode um to everyone who's trying to to use email marketing and um try try to grow their business uh using email marketing or, or code email outreach yeah i think the biggest thing is um it works um but you have to think about um the numbers uh and and the process so people usually most times they start cold email and they go and ping everybody and they use a pretty crappy copy and it doesn't work well two problems with that you don't know what to say that's going to work so start small and test out different copies and ideas and stuff like that and then go from there and scale up number two Don't try to sell to everybody. Really figure out who the market, who you want to go after and spend time on that. So spend time on building your prospect list and your copy that's going to over time be refined and work. Never is what you start with, what you end with in the copy that works. It's it's never what it comes, what you think it's going to be in the beginning. And your prospect list may move around until you figure it out, right? And so... Think about who your customers are. Maybe you can talk to your existing customers if you have some and you go, oh, I think I'm going to talk to these people. I'm going to talk to these people. We at Content Marketer.io, which is now Mailshake, started out with content marketing people. We quickly learned as salespeople and we found, you know, the different pockets. There's PR, marketing, whatever. And so we have three different types of customers or four, P sales, marketing, PR, and recruiting. Those are they make up 90 to 95% of our known customers. Um, everything else is everybody else. And so those are the four people we're focusing on. Who are your four? And, and that applies to also your marketing efforts as well. Great advice, great advice. So um, one, out of the, uh, one out of the five um, personal questions is, what are the three books that have influenced you the most? Um, I would say Good to Great by Jim Collins, a really, really good book. Um, just the difference between a good company and a great company. Really, really big difference. Um, another book called Built to Sell, super easy to read. Built to It's sell, just yeah. about build, building your company to sell and just like knowing your numbers. Um, always a good book for entrepreneurs. And I would say the last one is the hard thing about the hard things. There's lots of books I read. I try to listen to a book every every month uh, on Audible. Um, and the hard thing about hard things is just just the crap that comes with running a business. This the, It's a story of uh, um, 
Ben Horitz from Andreessen Horitz um, um, VC, or now not a VC, more management firm or whatever you want to call it. Um, and their journey to go from starting a company, almost failing like a dozen times and then finally doing something. So um, if you think your startup is hard, read that book. It, nothing you do will be hard. <laughs> and so, so um, yeah, I think those are great books. Okay. And the second question will be, what are the three, uh, your three most favorite movies? Um, I like the the Christopher Nolan Batman series. So I would say all three of those are my favorite movies. <laughs> the third out of, out of the five question is, what is the most useful product or service that you have bought in recent memory? Um, I don't know. I use Evernote. I think maybe that's probably um, my favorite, I guess. Okay. So um, the fourth question would be, uh, what have you learned in the last two years that excite you the most or the most important like realization you've had? Yeah, I think, uh, well, first of all, lots of things. Um, the I think the biggest thing I've learned is just don't take anything you read, you see online or, or success for face value always dig in right you 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 know you you hear me saying i run eight companies sounds sexy as hell but it's hard right and so everybody wants to talk about the when you what's the revenue what's the how many companies what are you doing um but it, you know are you happy that like that that's a big part of entrepreneurship and, and life so i think those are all uh, dig deeper and, and think about what you really want got it And the last question is, um, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? Work, work harder. <laughs> Thank you very, very much for this yeah. podcast episode. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> Talk soon. All right, take care.